With the year wrapping up soon, now is a wonderful time to do a year-end review of your money goals and set yourselves up for an incredible year ahead. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. It's that time of year again. Besides doing our monthly money review, one of the things we like to do is a deeper dive at the end of the year. It's a way to go over the numbers, celebrate wins, and adjust our financial system so we can achieve our goals. Everyone has their own particular style or approach, but the bones of the process are usually the same. We begin by pulling up the goals we made for the year. We review all of the accounts, top to bottom, to see where we stand. We discuss what works and what didn't work for us. And then we take that information and use it to plan out for the next year. On paper, it's a fairly straightforward process. But believe it or not, it can be fun and empowering, which may sound a bit crazy to you, but I hope I can show you how you can enjoy doing these year-end reviews. In this episode, I want to take you through a high-level view of how it works, point out ways that you can make things run smoother so you're not scrambling to find and track all your accounts, and then talk about ways you can use your review to set things up for big wins next year. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Before we look at the accounts and run the numbers, it's always good to review and discuss your goals. What were some of the things you planned on accomplishing this year? And how close are you to reaching your goals? During these past two and a half years, something I've noticed that shifted with us in terms of how we write our goals is instead of having several goals that we're trying to attack at once, we'd rather go bigger with a few. Then if time or circumstances allow, we can add in a few projects that we have on deck and work on those. So for this year, we had two major goals and they probably sound familiar if you listen to the podcast. The first one is pay down our mortgage, and the second is invest in our brokerage. First off, I just want to mention, if you checked with us years ago when we were first married or when we were first getting situated with our finances, our goals were completely different. That's because they should reflect where you are in our financial journey. To get to this point, we had to make sure we had that financial foundation set up. So it doesn't sound exciting, but the first few years were just focused on getting a essential emergency fund started and paying off unnecessary debt. The first big one was the car loan and then working on the student loans. So we're very grateful for where we are now, but to be clear, it did take time to get here. Because it's just as important to discuss why you have these goals, I'll give a brief overview of what we have planned for the future. The reason we want to take our mortgage down from paying it in 30 years to 10 years is that we want to have more flexibility with our schedule. We both enjoy doing the work we do, 
But we also have two kids that we want to have more time with. We also have different projects that we want to do, including more volunteer work. Having the mortgage paid off can take a burden off both of us. That also ties in with why we're investing in our brokerage account. We are contributing to retirement, but we also want to take care of those years where maybe we slow down on work. But until that traditional retirement age, there has to be some kind of safety net there. So those are the goals that we have. And of course, if you listen to the podcast for a while, you know that we broke them down further. I'm a big fan of SMART goals. If you're unfamiliar with SMART goals, here are a few key things to know. You want to make them specific. So I said pay down the mortgage, but we broke it down year by year, how much that we're going to pay down. You also want it measurable. So if we want this by the end of the year, each quarter, what numbers are we trying to hit? And then attainable. I've seen some people change this A for smart and make that ambitious, and that's your personal choice. But I feel like if this is your first time working with goals, just focus on building that habit. It's better to work on a few at it that you have a good chance of achieving rather than being overwhelmed and quitting. The R in SMART is result focus. So I discuss a bit of my why. That's where you would put that. What's your motivation for doing this? And then time base. By having a deadline, it makes it easier to break down the step that you need to take and make sure you're hitting those milestones along the way. With SMART goals, you're not just listing what you would like to do, but instead you're framing your goals into a timeline and breaking it down with milestones that you can track and make progress with. So there's a general overview of the goals. Let's talk about running the numbers. One of the best ways to make your year-end reviews go a lot smoother is already having your accounts organized. I did an entire episode about choosing the right money app for you. In short, if you organize your finances with one of these, it makes things so much simpler. There are so many great options out there, some of them free, some paid, but those are low cost and a great value for you. I don't want you to stress over which particular budget app is best because it really does depend on how you approach finances. For some families, they love having a simple high-level view, while others want to go into the weeds and want to track every single cent. I'll make sure to include a few of my favorites and ones that people enjoy in the show notes so that you can quickly look over them and see which one would be the right fit for you. To give you an idea of how the process goes with running the numbers and reviewing your accounts, I'll just do a quick overview of how we would approach this. Even though our two main goals involved, working on the mortgage and the brokerage account, we still look at all of our accounts. So it does take longer than a monthly review, but I feel good about this because then we get a clearer snapshot of where we are. I'll go over our monthly budget and make notes throughout the year. How did the cash flow go? Were there times where it felt like the budget was tight and we need to adjust something, or was it something that we could plan a little bit better? An example was last month, we did a trip to Asheville. 
it was fantastic and we loved it. Because we planned ahead for it, we had the money in savings and we just made the transfers and things were paid for. On the other hand, I'll look into this more when we do our actual review in a few weeks. But at a glance, I'm noticing that our grocery bills are higher than normal. Of course, inflation is on the minds of many, and that could be the case. Or it could be a situation where we can make small adjustments that will offset the increased prices with our groceries. We could do a better job with meal planning. Maybe we could batch cook a few meals, something along those lines. Having these little notes as I'm going over the numbers makes the discussion go a lot faster. We have a Google shared spreadsheet. My husband, Rob, can then look at the spreadsheet and see what points that I'm trying to highlight. So whatever system works for you with that. All right, let's get into our goals. The first one is the mortgage. It's pretty straightforward. We're trying to take our 30-year mortgage and pay it off in 10 We're doing that by sending an additional mortgage payment along with our monthly mortgage payment that is rounded up. If we get any extra income, a percentage of that automatically goes to paying down the principal. Doing the math, that comes out to about $20,000 a year going towards the principal. Is this a stretch? Yes, but it's doable. Again, it's about finding that balance between hitting all of our goals and still enjoying our time at a sustainable rate. Every family is going to have their own definition of what's sustainable and what pace they want to go, and that's fine. If you spend any time online, you'll see there's plenty of financial advice where there are those who are absolutely want to be 100% completely debt-free as fast as possible. And then there are others who say, well, your mortgage is relatively low rate. Why don't you put all of that money towards investments? There are merits to both. For us, we felt like combining these two goals and allocating a certain percent percentage to each was the right call for us. We were able to do this because we ran the numbers and talked about it. If you're thinking of paying your mortgage off faster, I definitely would recommend checking out the Mortgage Tree Master Plan from Family Money Plan. Aunt Drew has put together a guide and a phenomenal spreadsheet that allows you to quickly compare and run different scenarios so you can find path and pace that makes sense for your family's particular circumstances and goals. Let's talk about the brokerage account. This year is a good example of why you don't want to constantly check your investments. Things have definitely been volatile. Most people, when checking their accounts too frequently, are going to be tempted to make changes to how they invest. If you look at the data, that's where you make big mistakes. Having an investment strategy means thinking long-term, having a plan. For us, this was focusing not so much on the returns we got, but making sure we had our regular contributions being made. This can be the hard part, especially when you are someone who likes to look at the numbers. But the data shows that while short-term, investing in the market can be volatile, over the long-term, it's more stable. Again, having these conversations can help the two of you stay on track. 
looking at the numbers in terms of contributions, we're on track because we have a monthly contribution that gets deducted and it goes straight into the brokerage account. There you go. Hopefully you see that if you set up your accounts, either using an app or a spreadsheet, it makes things go so much smoother when you're doing the year-end review. With the numbers in front of you, it's now time to go ahead and plan for next year. For me, this is my favorite part, planning out and brainstorming what we'd like to do over the next year or so. Having the numbers in front of us makes it really easy to know if we need to change the pace of how we're going with our long-term goals. And it also lets us have an idea of what wiggle room we have to pick up some new goals as well. And with planning your goals, I highly recommend go ahead and first write down everything and anything you would like to do. Don't worry, we'll whittle down the list later. But see as you're writing this down, are there certain themes that are coming up with your goals? You may find that you have one big goal and then several small steps that go under that. Or you could see that you each have your own interests that you're really excited about. Now you can have a discussion and see where you align, what you can adjust so that you're both happy with next year's goals. For us, you saw with our two main goals, those are long-term, we're definitely making progress and we're working towards them. So we are going to keep them for the next year. But something we're definitely going to discuss in more detail are the house projects. Kind of figuring out what we want to do. One of the ideas we have is finishing up the basement so that it could be living space. What would that look like? How much do we need to set aside for that? I think we're going to do the initial estimates pretty soon to get a ballpark idea. We're also talking about with the backyard. Do we want to do a garden shed workshop or do we want to keep it a lot simpler and focus on the basement? These are how the conversations go. What goals are we trying to achieve? Do they fit with our budget? Are they even aligned with the other goals? A lot of it is back and forth. So I will say, while you might do a main review with the numbers in one sitting, many times the conversations about the goals you want to do are going to happen over several conversations. And that's good. This is what it's about. It's working as a family to see what projects we want to take on together and how we can work towards those goals. Hopefully, having listened to the different parts that we went over this process, you can see that it is fairly straightforward, but it's something you don't want to rush. If you haven't already, talk about what time you have over the next month or so where you can sit down, look at the numbers, review what went well, and then start planning for 2023. You can then take those goals and see if you can do a little bit of a setup before the year starts so that you already have that momentum going. I want you to have an incredible year now and in the future. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. 
Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I received from preparing this episode. The first is have regular check-ins. I can't emphasize this enough. We could talk about all the different budget tools that are out there, different methods of tracking your accounts, but the essential thing to make sure you have some kind of consistent schedule where you check in with one another. It doesn't have to be formal where you're pulling out spreadsheets. It just could be a conversation over dinner where you're going over the accounts and talking about what's working and what's not. This is going to, of course, help you financially because you're going to be staying on top of your money. But more importantly, you're also discussing if there's anything you need to adjust. For most families, about 85% of the budget is going to be the same month to month, but something can come up. You could have a family vacation, car breaks down, kids are sick, things happen. And so you make these small adjustments then. By checking in with one another, you can then make sure that the next month you can get back on track. Maybe put some more money into groceries or do a better job meal planning. The problem is when we let it slide too long, we wonder why we're behind on our goals or you may find that you break your budget. Smaller, more frequent check-ins are definitely helpful. And then your year-end review becomes so much easier. The second takeaway is create a plan for your goals and then work backward. What I mean there is first sit and discuss long-term What do you see yourselves wanting to do in the next five, 10 years and beyond? Then from there, what pieces need to be in place for you to have the ability to do that? And then you make it smaller and smaller. Okay, if this is the five-year goal, then where do we need to be this year, this year, and that year? Then you break it down into monthly milestone. Again, we're not going for complicated Working backwards makes it easier. You're just doing the math and making sure that it lines up with realistically what you can expect. The last thing is keep money in its place. I know this podcast, we talk about working on our family and financial goals, but make sure that your finances are aligned with what you value and reflects your priorities as a family. Money is not the goal It's the tool. So if you're interested in hitting your family and financial goals faster, please make sure to join our community and get our weekly newsletter. I share the latest episodes, articles, and other helpful resources so you can align your money to what's important to you. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. We'd love for you to be a part of the community. I hope this episode helps make your year-end review go a lot smoother, be more productive, and allow you to enjoy yourselves and have some fun. As always, I'll include links to the resources we've mentioned, plus more over in the show notes at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, we're wrapping up this year and season. 
and the finale is all about you. We're going to be answering your family and financial questions. So you still have a few days left to send that in. Make sure you can email me at l at simplifyandenjoy.com. If you're already a member of our community and get the newsletter, just hit reply, or you can go to Simplify and Enjoy the site, and I have a form on the sidebar that you can send in anonymously any question that you have. And of course, if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases, with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you listening, sending in questions and ideas for the podcast, and sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. I hope you have a wonderful and fantastic week. Take care.